0: Welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. I'm your host Ben and I've got Matt and Andrew with me today. How are we doing guys?
1: Yo yo yo. Doing well.
0: I'm feeling fantastic. Yeah. yeah today's I, a good day. I, I got to start off at the top just, you know, apologizing. I am fighting a bit of a cold, so I sound a little stuffy and if I, you hear me blowing my nose away from the microphone, I do apologize. You don't sound you don't sound bad to me, man. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. Uh, I took a shower Feel before we started, right. so it got got the things flowing, but yeah, I'm a little You, a you little open the pores,
2: up. you kind of clean cleared yourself out a little bit.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, folks, uh, our wonderful listeners at home. We are now in the in the thick of our 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 new formatting changes. For those of you who've been listening, probably already aware that we have been changing things up with the new year. Um, we are, this is basically going to be for the time being our monthly structure. We know we do our, our monthly recap episode of, you know, all the major news that happened in the month previous. We do a a cool adaptation episode where we just kind of chill and get to, we get to watch some other media and, and analyze what's going on in various game adaptations. And we may experiment, experiment with, you know, not just doing movies and TV shows, uh, Matt was was bold enough to suggest we even look into novels and stuff like that. And hey, I
3: I'm just pushing, I'm pushing up my glasses.
0: I'm pushing up my glasses. I'm putting my pen in my pocket protector. You know, I'm 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 ready to do my part. Matt just Matt just wants some Final Fantasy manga.
2: <laughs> you see, you you were so close. It was near Automata
1: manga. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's the real reason he wants to do it uh just wants to see 2b be. Be. yeah no, not to <laughs> be. yeah uh but now we are doing our first deep dive into a video a specific video game or video game series and for today being as you know we're we're two months late basically in terms of when it released but uh, the other, my other two co-hosts, two here, months late you know, for when
2: it released, but we both finished it right in time. So this, yeah, you, yeah, yeah you
0: two, you two just finished the the game this week. Um, but you know, just just in time for Ragnarok coming, folks. We are bringing the God of War series. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an overview into the series as a whole, our experience with it, as well as then you know, kind of getting into. The more specifics of Ragnarok and all the interesting things surrounding it, you know, digging a little bit deeper into, you know, what we get from the series, both thematically, as well as, you know, what the larger cultural reception to the series has been. Um uh mike is screwed up his own schedule so folks send him uh harassing emails and, was, and DMs. in the chat <laughs> uh yeah,
2: get into his dms
0: <laughs> say he uh he screwed up the scheduling even though it was right there in the in the in the google calendar the group google calendar um but he uh, sent us a short little uh, recording of his, his thoughts. We will, we will put that in shortly. I'll, we will uh, just saying it now so I don't forget. Um, but we do apologize. And again, send him harassing emails. He, like an absolute dingus, recorded it on his phone. So you can just get, get ready for some true leftist audio, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, salutes this, to Matt. This to is where I crack
2: fix- my knuckles and I, I learn how to be an actual audio editor. Mm-hmm. You're gonna cut. You're gonna check in with me later, and I'm going to be like three hours deep into fucking into just, just his segment.
1: Into just his segment. Just a disclaimer, folks: we are not inciting violence against our comrade, uh, but but do send him harassing emails. Yeah. Um, Maybe
2: a- AOL uh,
0: Instant Messenger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. With that uh, out of the way, I say we go right into it. Um, I have an interesting thing here for you guys. I wonder, there's you know some things that may surprise you here. That uh, we all know, you know, since its first game, that the God of War franchise has been you know a tentpole property for Sony, right? It's it's spanned. Four console generations, one handheld device, a mobile game, and here's the kicker, a text-based game released through Facebook Messenger. I did not know of that until you sent the notes. I saw that and was like, oh my god. Yeah, so we have God of War 1 and 2 on the PS2, eventually ported to the PS3. But God of War 3 and Ascension. You
2: you missed a very important port there, sir. It also got ported (laughs) to the PS Vita. (laughs)
0: uh so i guess it's technically two handhelds uh but this is we're going from the original releases here so god of war 3 and ascension were on ps3 chains of olympus and ghosts of sparta the psp betrayal was the java mobile game then we have god of war 2018 on ps4 a call from the wilds was a prequel to the 2018 one that was that was the thing released on facebook messenger again wild to me uh, it's like who who are they marketing that to? It's just you know boomers, you know so many boomers playing God of now, War.
1: I mean back when that uh when was that? That's like 2013 ish. Right? No, no, this was 2018. This was a this was oh. a prequel. This was oh. a
0: prequel to the 2018 reboot. Oh wow! It's it's like yeah, it seriously. follows Atreus. It follows Atreus. It's really weird. It's, hilarious. it's I mean I I like uh you know text based narrative little adventure things that's why i, I like him that's why i got the uh the chrono cross radical dreamers edition was to you know, to do the the, the text-based really, thing yep um yeah so we have yeah, call of the wilds facebook messenger and then finally we have god of war ragnarok the first cross-generational game released on ps4 and ps5 um so with that, I, I want to ask you guys: Where and when were you guys first introduced to the series? What were the what, what games have you played from the series?
1: Yeah, I've played uh, the 18 God of War reboot and God of War Ragnarok. I was always, I always eyed the get the God of War games previously, but they were all. I'm fairly certain they were all mature. Um, rated M
0: for
2: mature.
1: Yeah, and you know my household was a good christian place and we didn't allow those those violent those violent ideas here so i I, I I did not get that
0: exposure i don't think i got a a console until i was like 15 or so so like you know those games were 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 definitely out of my wheelhouse for sure yeah like both of you
2: know my dad like you'd think that like Theoretically, he would never have cared. Would have bought me that stuff. But the, even Jack Two at the time was a bit too dark for, like, what my parents liked in video games. Like, like they weren't super thrilled when they got me that one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, dude, that Jack Two came with my uh my PS Two when I got it, and that game was, I got into it. and I was like, oh, this is like Grand Theft Auto, but slightly toned down. Pretty, pretty awesome. like, I mean, and when when he goes and when he goes, when goes dark mode too. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes, went from Jack QT QT action, sicko action mode.
2: platformer to uh, dark uh, Super Saiyan Jack with a Tommy gun. Yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, I always, I
0: always liked beating up the cops in absolutely in, in, in that game, okay. the Crimson Guard. Yeah, okay, that's that's a we're getting, for an, we're getting for off another, topic. Yeah, for check, another check series, check for another episode. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure,
1: for sure.
2: Um, but yeah, no, I, I was the same boat. Uh, in the fact that my parents wouldn't allow me to have the original God of War games, uh, so I was introduced on the PS Vita where mm. I bought the God of War 1 and 2 HD collection. Uh, two games, one cartridge. Love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bring
0: that back. It's a great deal.
2: That was my way of killing time on the away bus when we were having those long uh, bus trips to the away games. Um, finished those up. Got a PS Vita TV, the little, the little uh, set-top box that I've talked about many a time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I used that to play God of War 3 and Ascension on PS Now. That was my first real foray into streaming. And I actually found that to be a fairly decent experience overall. I mean, especially for the time... Um, Never played the other handhelds. I looked I looked back through it, never played either Ghost of Sparta or um,
0: Chains of Olympus.
2: Chains of Olympus, there we go. But then uh, it was for me at the time, so flash forward to like 2017, you know, graduated college, got a job. Uh, I'm starting to buy gaming stuff again because like I'm starting to like, you know, dip my toe into having some, you know, free money, you know, to spend on myself. And at the yeah. time, all I had was an Xbox. And then E3 came up and that cabin door swung open and walked two heavy boot steps and a camera pan up to a bearded version of my beloved Kratos.
0: Yeah. Just coming out of the shadows. That's like, uh, I watched a a documentary and just that that E3 presentation was, was ridiculous. People go nuts. Like, they're like, who is this fucking kid just, you know, skipping around playing with these, these hand-carved dolls and stuff, and you know, he comes into the to the house, and then just stepping out of the sh- shadows is is Kratos, and people go fucking wild. Daddy, yeah, yeah. Daddy,
2: literally. Uh, and that that solidified that I needed to get my hands on a PS4 at some point and play that again. Like, really invest into the series. And it's something that I think, from a broad perspective, they did such a good job maturing the franchise with the the last two games yeah well, and like really I, I, uh, adapting it but we'll get into that first yeah it's
0: one thing i really want to dig into as we get into the episode about where the series started and how it kind of grew with its audience um and how it how it has changed to the times and and what uh what that means for the overall what that meant for the overall series but uh your your, your points are interesting matt like my uh my first uh, foray into it was 2018, and I played it late. I played it in like 2020. Um, I've mentioned it on earlier episodes. It was the oh, you mean was,
2: year uh, zero, uh, year mm-hmm. zero AC? It
0: was the it was the 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 send off swan song for my my wheezing and dying. <laughs> Just as just as they were on a journey to you know mourn the loss of a loved one, so was I. So I really felt, that, <laughs> really felt that deeply. You brought it up
2: to the mountaintop. Uh, yeah,
0: set it on fire and scattered its ashes. Um, a, a just burial. So that that was like my first my first uh, entrance into the game. Um, but it's interesting how you know you bring up your your experience with the first two games uh, as like your first experience with uh game streaming and that has actually been my experience as well. I have recently tried playing the original God of War, the the PS3 port th- uh, streaming through PS Plus and it has been my first foray into into uh streaming gaming and it's been largely okay. You know like when it when it's working and like I just have a few occasional dips where it freezes and then comes back and says that you know your internet connection is bad, and then it fixes itself 20 seconds later. Um that you know, my experience with it has been okay. It's been fine. Um I can't say that I would maybe my experience would have be would be different, or I had I'd have something else to say about if I had played it, you know, natively. But uh so I've played through the, the majority of the original God of War. Um, but then I've, but then I've obviously I played. So 2018, I was the first of us to, to finish Ragnarok. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm basically, so what, what is it? There's one, two, there's essentially six games in the main line franchise, in the main franchise. Cause all the other ones are yeah. the spin-off the or spinoffs are, yeah. were not handled by, Santa Monica. It was basically yep. the first the first trilogy, Ascension, and then the two mm-hmm. from the Norse Saga are the are the ones handled by by Santa Monica. The other two were were overseen by Santa Monica, but but uh developed by a studio Ready at Dawn. They developed the two two PSP spin-offs. Uh, you know, I forget which company did the mobile game, but it wasn't Santa Monica. And that was literally like on your flip phone mobile game. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, What are your what are you you know it's it's those games like at first I thought the original games like you know have aged quite poorly, but as soon as I got into it and really felt the combat coming together, you really see the you see the 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 roots that the current well, series I think, has I think you know like some of, of the combos are even the same yeah i think part of what makes it feel
2: aged is just that that type of gameplay was just a product of the what they call it, the early aughts you know yes. that was like it was the the fixed camera hack and slash it was their way of making sure you didn't get overwhelmed by people uh, behind you that you couldn't see that was how they handled that for those uh, type of arena slashers like devil may cry. uh, Right.
0: I mean, everything I've read into the development about it, it's like, that was always one of the things that they said, like, oh, that really held those games back was the technological limitations of who you're able to, or how many uh, enemies you're able to have in any one arena. Right. And that that was always a, a major sticking point for them. It's like, oh, this, this newest game has, has improved and that we've like, we've got like 25% more, Foes on screen at any one time, but I gotta say, I hate the original camera. I fucking <laughs> loathe the original camera. It makes the it makes the platforming elements absolutely oh impossible. Uh,
2: yep. It's platforming no, in doing that is
0: so bad.
2: No, imagine doing that on a PS Vita, <laughs> B- bouncing down the road at like ten o'clock at night after being up since six in the morning and playing oh, a football God. game in between.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I even still like, I'm glad that the the newer games I think have uh, gotten, they're not nearly as there's no much, there's no real platforming in my opinion.
0: No, there is there there oh, is it's,
2: it's hold down button and jump over thing.
0: Yeah. No, they they've uh that was one thing that they that they had to completely rework with the with the camera change is that they they got rid of um they Dumping. got rid of any, any platforming um with with the over-the-shoulder third person uh free roaming camera versus the the fixed um the, the fixed camera which again it's like it's so frustrating when you're running through a hallway. And like you know, holding and then the, it changes perspective, and so you start you start running backwards. Yeah. Um and then you yeah, and then it changes perspective. Yeah. No, it's incredibly frustrating. I really do not like that element of it. But the combat itself was actually, you know, it's slower, it is slower. Yes. Um which, Product you know, under, of the, like, hardware as well. Yeah, un- understandable. Yeah. Um, but like once you actually started getting into the flow of things, it was it was actually really fun challenging too i mean i hit a couple skill barriers that took me a while to break through um i mean a lot of those old hack and
2: slash games uh they are still fun even if like the the cameras are a little janky and like they show their age a bit like old devil may cry and the one that really blatantly goes after god of war which uh dante's inferno Mm. yes god of war in uh old christianity you ever played those I've I played Dante's Inferno. It's a really fun game. I remember I always remember seeing it, but no, I never played it.
1: Yeah.
0: I also played that one on PS Now. I was I was find my I found myself constantly surprised how smart the mini boss AI was in in that early game. Um you know, your your regular you your regular mobs, you know, are nothing nothing special. Um you figure out the trick to beat them and it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward but like things like the the like the ogres and stuff like you know you you dot like you see you you see them telegraphing their hit and you dodge one way and they move and they actually move with you and 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 will strike right where you land um hmm. which was like i got to admit i was a little i was i was both impressed and it was like it it, <laughs> it, it it went against my expectations like I'm playing this with the expectation that this game is not going to be capable of doing that type of stuff that my modern gamer skills are going to be able to overpower this, uh, <laughs> this gameplay. But But uh, that, that was a bit of a check to my ego there, but I, I found it enjoyable. I've got some other, other complaints about it. Narratively speaking that I don't particularly care for that we'll get into at the end, I think in comparison to the others, but um it's it, there's there are a couple things I wanted to bring up about the. I assume like you a, mean the uh, quick time event with Aphrodite. Not no, not that one. I haven't. I hadn't gotten there. Um, <laughs> there there are some there are some of those bits uh, at the end, but no, that I don't know if that's even in the game that I played. Um, that might be in the second game. To I be think honest. so. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of those things came in the second one and after. But no, it's just some general things. Like it's mainly about char- uh, Kratos's characterization that I find i don't like in the first one um, <laughs>
1: interesting yeah that i i that's i have some questions around some of that so but i'll leave that till we get to the end we should
2: uh, uh
0: make our pause here to make sure we let mike uh all right uh yeah i, I almost just went went right ahead so so that's thank why you. i yeah thank you I for the reminder as the
2: editor Thank you for the reminder.
0: So here, here. Uh, without further ado, we will get Mike's thoughts and his impressions and his experience with the franchise as well. Take it away, Mike.
3: Um, I fucked up the dates and will be missing the recording of this beautiful episode that the boys will be doing on God of War. And then, unfortunately, as I'm not a Sony pony like the rest of us, uh, I was unable to play Ragnarok before we get to speak about it. So, my only reference is God of War 2018, which I'm sure the boys will be touching on at some point at this pod, Um, but I figured I'd drop in some of my thoughts before we dive into uh, what Matt, Ben, and Andrew have to say about this very, uh, you know, formative series, especially in this, the next gen, uh, you know, this award-winning series in in the next gen consoles, so, uh, you know. Obviously, love bo- bossing boy around, shooting the arrows. Always a fan of an arrow in the game. Um, wish that more games allowed you, you know, your actual character, uh, the use of arrows. Um, but you know, always enjoyed the combat. This was my second playthrough of twenty eighteen. Um, I had played on Andrew's PS four in twenty eighteen when it came out and I had beaten it then, but have to say even the second time around the story is just absolutely incredible um you know even the the twist at the end i had kind of forgotten um but you know always uh always happy to see that twist and can't wait to see how you know uh it plays out in ragnarok um you know hopefully it won't take five years to port that to pc so i'll be able to to do that before then but you know overall uh one of my favorite series um <clears throat> can't wait to to be able to experience ragnarok um largely the story and and you know we know that i'm not a, a story head like ben i like to button mash through um but it, even if i could i wouldn't want to during this story um the the voice acting is fucking incredible story itself is compelling um makes you actually want to listen. The cutscenes are never too long that you want to, you know, uh, just get to the gameplay and they're cinematic uh in a way that fits well with the game <clears throat> that it's not over the top uh so much as to take you out of like what the actual gameplay is. Um you know, like I said, excited to play Ragnarok and excited to hear what the guys have to say about the game and their experiencing playing it. Um, so you know, I hope you enjoy their conversation, and forgive me for fucking up the schedule.
0: All right, we're back. Thank you for that. Um, we can, I think, move on from from this bit. We all have you know a varying level of experience with the franchise. Matt, obviously, as the true true gamer amongst us, you know, has the most has the most experience with the series. I've played all of the mainline games. Yeah, watch none of us. None of the rest of us can can. Uh, to, but i've at least played some of the originals so i do have this kind of perspective on the two basically different versions of the series the two iterations the two uh, eras of the games the sagas as you as, well. <laughs> as you would um but yeah i just wanted like this bring up a couple points about the 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 trends within the development of the series that i found interesting um so obviously the first one began with the you know the 2005 release of the original god of war but as we said sony developed the two sequels and the prequel ascension that basically that ascension was the last of the greek saga that we got Yes. um but those those are the weakest of the greek saga yeah those those main games ended on a cliffhanger and the series you know went dormant for a while Ready at Dawn develops the two PSP spin-offs, which are largely considered to be some of the best. There PSP are some of the best PSP ever. games out there. Yeah. You always hear it's like that one, uh Daxter. Ratchet uh, or Clank Ratchet and Clank size matters. There's an there's another one. Oh, Crisis Ratchet, Core. Ratchet Crisis Core. Crisis Core are, you know, largely thought of as, you know, basically the best PSP games they had. Um which is interesting. I did have the PSP, I did not play either of those two. I don't I don't know how I really missed those cuz I probably at that point I could have, you know, got them myself and snuck around any draconian family standards <laughs> that were that were enforced in my household growing up. Um but uh so then this was in, this one is the one that's most interesting to me. There is there is an overall series trend in both sagas and even including the spin-off games where each game has had a new director for each subsequent game. And like, I just like, I'm wondering what this mm. says about what it takes to make these games. And for the most part, I think it doesn't say things very good. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's the, the fact that it's interesting and it's, it's often, it is often good to have different voices and different uh, views and styles bring in, it keeps games from getting stale. Um, But in terms of what it takes out of the people who make them and what those people do to the people who work below them, uh, it (laughs) raises some red flags to me. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, But yeah, I'm like still I I consider myself basically uh, uh, ignorant of most of the original series, um, Matt. Did you have any insight into the into the development of the original games? When the original
2: games came out, I was too young to care, and when I got into them, I wasn't really paying attention beyond the the face value of I was, you know, getting something to entertain myself on a bus ride to, to eat up a large portion of my time that was being spent, uh, typically watching. Uh, lethal weapon Mm because it was the only movie
0: that was approved for like two years (laughs) um all right so then we we have our our second saga here the north saga got it the soft reboot in 2018 you know it was seen as a huge departure i think rightfully so and you know was met by a an optimistic skepticism i would say that weird kind of you know people were like oh i'm excited for more god of war kratos looks sick gameplay looks good but they were like they didn't know that like is this the character that i that i know And like those who
2: where are the blades
0: yes the yes so you know there there is a whole bunch of shit going on and within the studio it was constantly seen as this was a huge risk that they were taking and it seemed to pay off though, because it you know became one of the highest selling PS4 games ever. Uh, won even late all... in the cycle, yeah. too. Right, it won all the game of the year awards. Uh, you know, it's got for... other
2: accolades such as uh, like fastest game to reach overwhelmingly
0: positive on Steam, yeah, yeah. with the PC port, yeah, the PC port yeah. was like, was probably one of the best is the best received uh sony port onto onto pc yeah so you're right like it continues to impress even essentially five years after it's it's you know four or five years after its original release so you know but it was you know a huge success it revitalized the studio you know if it had failed sony santa monica was done for they were they were toast what a loss that would have been Jeez uh and so then now we have we come to the most recent release of ragnarok brings an end to the Norse saga um so the studio heads have talked about openly that they didn't want to spend another five years making a third game but which it leads to the because each one of these two had had taken them five years so they're like oh it would have taken 15 to do the whole trilogy but which basically uh infers that or you can infer that uh it was meant to be a trilogy that they they basically had to cut down on on the story in order to fit fit and bring up and wrap uh, an ending into a second game um so but without getting like into the actual plot of Ragnarok um how do you guys think that affected the story in in large terms do you think that was a smart decision do you think they sold themselves short here what do you think it's
2: I thought two games was fine.
0: Yeah. It's a
1: good question. You know, I think I I was happy with the narrative arc over these two two installments. I think you know, I could see them having stretched this to three but I think a lot of the weight would have been lost had they done so. I I think keeping it tighter really provided a, a more emotional hit than maybe spreading it out over a, another installment would have
2: well, that's why I don't think they could have made it three just because I don't think the way like it's very hard to is like the third would have to then be your Ragnarok so what do you do in between the two that can suffice to be its own slice of game you know like narratively and then not have the payoff be Ragnarok at the end and leave I mean, you I
0: it? I guess what it would be is like you have you don't do the time as big a time jump as yeah. just surviving Fimbulwinter, and and you, you do something else there. Like maybe you focus on Thor as the real big bad of 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 that one. And then so so my 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 point is I think you are correct, Andrew, that for our protagonist, for Kratos and Atreus, and a lot of parts like Freya as yeah. well. Um, it would have dragged in a way that could have, yeah, stalling things, the momentum like that could have had some serious narrative uh, implications and not any any good. The one place where I think, however, that it could have benefited or the, uh, the ones who could have benefited the most, I think are the villains. I think yes. Odin in particular could have benefited more from having more buildup. I think that that. Well, I mean, with the benefit dropping... of
2: hindsight, Odin was in a lot more scenes than you realize.
0: Sure, 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 sure. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, I didn't
2: say what anything.
0: Yeah, I know, but spoiler. Still, um, be careful, folks. There be spoilers here, um, but we'll we'll put in a warning when the actual talk about Ragnarok comes up. Because I was still very deliberate on. with my word choice there. Was... <laughs> but now people are going to be looking for it. Um, but be? the. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like we could have gotten, we could have gotten more development of the, the motivations behind, um, behind the Aesir, behind, behind the, the, the gods themselves.
1: Yeah. I, I think that is the one, the one area where a, a potential additional game would have helped. You're, you're spot on about it, from my but, opinion.
2: I mean, you can see it in the, the gameplay split just by spoilers again. Uh, with how that story is typically brought out and how that's discussed, and um, what you're doing at that exact moment, um, it it does handle in a way where it almost felt like that could have been a spinoff in between.
0: Yeah, yeah, folks. If there, if you if you care enough, I'm, we're going to put a spoiler warning in here, and if Matt is is willing to to put in, you know, cares enough for your delicate ears <laughs> to put in a. Uh, another note about when we pick up around it, but I do want to mention it now. People were talking about how, um, uh, okay, so here here is the actual spoiler. so check yourself. um the uh people were talking about, oh, we we should get uh if if there was another game, it would be just an atreus only game, but that that is only could only be spin-off. yeah, you know that's not a main line. that's not a mainline game. but with the ending, people are like, you know the. You know, to create a trace is a game. yeah is is going off on his own. So let's follow let's follow him in another game. And I'm like sure for a spinoff, absolutely, but not as a mainline. I, I have nobody's gonna I have buy a, into
2: that. If I could interject a, if they do a spinoff game, who I want the uh, the bad guy or the antagonist to be? Yeah, Sindri.
1: Yes, and, uh, yeah that's it makes the most Totally, what I felt like
2: was and ha- have the the overarching thing be trying to like forgive mm-hmm.
0: because you right, know, so
2: the, the-, the norse one follows like be better it's like the constant like uh, constant theme throughout
0: yeah okay so so okay we're, we're done with, with spoiler territory for now we're back we're back into the closing pandora's course. box yeah we'll we'll reopen it later um but uh, yeah, so that like, I don't know, that's, I think, an interesting question I have is like, could they have done this in three? How would they have changed things? If they had, I mean, yeah, I think there's a good point to be made that like, they, how they ended the first one doesn't give you a whole lot of room. I guess it's made, it's major it's mainly the time jump that limits you there. If, if you do, if you, if you don't do it, the time jump, yeah, you have a little bit more freedom, but then in the winter could be a little boring yeah you know
2: that's uh, that's well, especially because um the idea that like you wouldn't be able to realm travel
0: you'd be trapped in midgard hmm. right and that's a significant point and like that's that's a big part of the game right is like is is it's you know it's not an open world game but it's open realms you know it's an open zone type of thing you have the different areas i hate that we're using that term now thank you yeah uh uh, team sonic for uh for putting that into my brain (laughs) they got you but it does fit more than you know more than i would like to admit
1: it does no i think i i i think that's the only place you could fit in another another installment and i I don't know. I, th- I feel like that would drag. I, I, there's just only. I just feel like two is like succinct,
2: and you get you get what you need out of it, and you don't need to uh, stretch something unnecessarily just to get three.
0: Yeah, right. And I appreciate I appreciate that. I mean, when they're respecting us both as consumers and as you know, uh, just uh, I mean, still consumer and consuming, but like you know, as you know they're they're appreciating us or you know, uh respecting us narratively right you know they're they're not they're not padding it out with useless fluff right um yeah and so-
2: there's like no useless fluff in these
0: games uh with ragnarok you could maybe say that the crater is kind of is kind of odd because it's like it's a huge area that comes right at the end that like becomes a pacing problem so did i so did i
2: around and explore and it was
0: i think the biggest thing was a pacing issue it's like it's it's, it happens right at the end and it's this huge area that just stalls
2: yeah i kind of liked that though it gave me something to do before it was like okay now it's time to just finish the story
0: cuz you didn't want you didn't want it to end but uh yeah so i think here's a good transition you know with like how how clean and concise and effective the the plot of the Norse saga is it's interesting then to look at the absolute craziness of the plot of the original Greek saga the intricate layers the time travel the the you know my favorite part the timeline is, is insane
2: they constantly reference it in the the uh, Norse saga, and they
0: they do so more in in twenty eighteen than they do. Yes, in,
2: but I, I really do enjoy when Mimir asks questions about that.
0: Right. Yeah. Did you guys catch? Did you guys catch the thing of uh, Mimir asking about? Um, I once heard you engaged in a fight with like. A rock yes. star, it's music, a yes. musician, or whatever. It's, Roy- it's, yeah, the battle rumble thing, and it's like I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation Battle All Stars or it, whatever. I don't I mean, want to yeah. talk about it.
2: Yes, that was that was a really good. Yeah, that was kind of a good Easter bit. egg. That
0: yeah. Um, but I, I man, heard you went back in time to fight the Fates. But yeah, man, the 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 plot of the Greek saga is so fucking convoluted. And it's like, for me, as I'm like trying to piece it together, a lot of it has to do with how they release these games. like Chains of Olympus, Ghosts of Sparta, Ascension are all prequels. all happened before yeah. the first God of War. But the, all of them are talking about and like develop the motivation behind what is Kratos doing in that first game? Why is he a servant to the gods? Why does he hate Ares? All that type of shit. And it's just like so much to try to keep in in your head at once. It's nuts. I don't even think we'll go into a full on uh you know discussion about the re- the full plots of these games because we'd be here for an hour just going <laughs> through all of them i've got like two pages that oh, we, just... we, we need to have a
2: four hour uh essay here where we discuss all of the <laughs> inaccuracies that they've portrayed all of the the uh double speak where they say one thing in one game and they do a different thing in a different game
3: yeah
0: it's it's nuts um so I'll just give a quick summary of the Greek saga. And you and Matt, mainly being the one to, uh, you know, inter- feel free to interject. And Andrew, if you have any questions or any confusions, let, let me know. Yeah. Um, so in total, the, the Greek saga surrounds Kratos' journey, seeking revenge on the gods for using him as their tool to fight all their wars for them. Um, the series basically revolves around uh, Zeus's prohibition on the gods being able to wage war against each other. So they must use mortal champions instead. Kratos became the champion of Ares, the original god of war. Ares sought the creation of the perfect warrior to, you know, overthrow Zeus and and take control of Olympus for himself. So this is like all which leads to the, the bit of Kratos's backstory, which gets like flashbacks in the mainline games but then is fleshed out in in the prequels in the PSP games that uh that Ares tricks Kratos into killing his own family uh, you know and he like basically after he's done it Ares appears to him and is like you know this was meant to you know sever all worldly connections and attachments to make you into the perfect warrior and Kratos like who was basically up until then the perfect warrior a mindless <laughs> brutal killing machine Yeah. um basically that was like oh no nope, you fucked up uh he snaps out of it he like cradles the 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 corpses of his wife and daughter who he just killed and then an oracle who had warned him about this knew he had basically said bitch please uh curses him and binds the ashes you know cuz like the the yeah, yes their you know their bodies are on are lit on fire cuz they've t- set they the torched the entire the entire, the entire settlement, um, and so like their bodies burn, and she curses uh, him to wear to the ashes. Their ashes. Uh, so he becomes the ghost of Sparta and the Ashen One, as he's often referred to. Um, and that's Which why is he why gets he's got the white. Yeah, it's like originally the, he's got that you know he, he's he's the, got that olive toned skin. You know he's got the he's yeah. got the Mediterranean tan to start with, but then there's also other. Previous shit about like it starts with like the, the real story starts with uh, Ares and Athena go to because Zeus heard a prophecy from the fates or whatever that he would be killed by uh, his son or by somebody bearing these marks. And so they go and they find the Spartan village. And Kratos's brother, Deimos, has this, has the birthmark. They try to, you know, he tries to stop them. They, take Deimos away. Uh, Kratos gets pissed and, you know, tattoos himself in remembrance, thinking that he's he's been killed. So, like, he becomes the one that the prophecy is about, that a March one will kill Zeus. Um, but it's like, again, it's all complicated. It's all really convoluted. Um, but so eventually in the first game, spoilers uh, again. But, uh, <laughs> For a yeah. 18 old uh, game. Yeah. So he eventually... Kratos eventually kills Ares at the end of the first game and becomes the titular god of war. He
2: goes,
0: yeah. He goes around then, like he's he's you know he's got all the power that he could want. He's still unhappy. He's just you know fucking shit up just as the god of war, killing everybody that he wants to. He's he's you know the, the gods are of- unhappy. Yeah, the gods are are pissed at him. He's just you know brooding on his on his throne of skulls. He you know skulls for the skull throne type of shit um but yeah, <laughs> yeah Zeus he had a
2: harem too don't forget the harem
0: <laughs> never forget the harem um zeus betrays him by by taking away his power you know he, it's he, a really cool opening uh level he, in he game. nerfs it's he one nerfs of my favorite opening yeah, Z- zeus nerfs kratos um, <laughs> he gives so... you
2: the sword of olympus to fight the colossus of Rhodes. these are words that i'm saying cool and then he comes down and takes all your power because See, Rhodes, Rhodes
0: was a place, not like the thing. Not not the it's like R-H-O-D-E-S. Um Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, you uh so it's like you're pissed at Zeus, and the other two games then revolve around you you taking it to to Olympus. Um he uh yeah, so he he just goes on this rampage for the next two games of the main main games, killing all you know all the Olympians um uh, both in olympus the underworld he kills some titans he he allies with some titans uh, but kills he eventually yeah <laughs> kills them too eventually he destroys olympus he uh, but uh, he decides to kill himself rather than continue to serve as a pawn of the gods because uh, he had killed athena pretty early on but she's like still That's manipulating God him
2: II, if I remember correctly. yeah
0: she's like still manipulating him beyond the grave you know, she like claims to be some type of like higher life form. Um, and so she like wants him to like, you know, take control. And he's like, fuck this, impales himself with the sword. And that's where the main series ends. That's the major cliffhanger. We don't see from him again until we get to the, uh, it's like hundreds of years later or a hundred years later. And with the opening of the Norse saga, he's, Kratos now has the scar on his on his abdomen from where he impaled himself. I think there's so much going on in these games. Yeah. And
1: I think that, I think that's a, an interesting, it, it it track for me, it tracks with kind of the larger themes we've seen in the media landscape where like these earlier games were the, the, and maybe this is wrong, but from my perspective, the, these earlier games, the production process started with a, let's make a cool hack and slash, and then we'll worry about the story. Like it's not, is it? we're not yet at the time where everything is this interconnected narrative universe. That- yeah. And
2: they're not even, they're, they're taking the the Greek mythology coat of paint very lightly. Yep. Like they, they're very liberal with their use of actual Greek myth versus
0: Oh, this uh, this isn't this is an interesting point that I'll bring back. Uh the original series creator and d- game director of the first game, uh David Jaffe. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yes. Um proper. David Jaffe, you know, claimed inspiration from two things. The Japanese game Onimusha, yep. uh a game where you use the uh or that makes use of historic figures that shape Japan's history, uh, retelling their stories with supernatural elements. Sound familiar. Yep. Um but he was also then inspired by the 1981 film Clash of the Titans. So he wanted to do Onimusha, but, but but with Greek mythology.
1: Love it.
2: Which is why he has the kraken in there, which technically uh-huh. is uh-huh. not Greek mythology. It's
0: uh, no, so- no, it is. It's in the. It's the tale of uh, Theseus. Think or so, Perseus or Perseus? I think it's Perseus. I don't think it's ever Perseus referred
2: to as a kraken
0: because Perseus is the one who who kills the Medusa, and that's how I, he. I be- yeah, it's I Perseus. believe that
2: kraken is a, a
0: deliberately Norse mythos name for the creature. Um, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's it's cool to see the that inspiration. Um, but it, yeah, these games are wild. Like. Which is the one where he does go back in time? I forget. It's, is that one of the spin-offs or that's 2? No, that's God of War 2. Cuz he gets he gets killed by Zeus, right? Isn't that oh, one so it is?
2: He, he has to go back in time before Zeus killed him and you start the fight with your full power because uh, Zeus doesn't get to drain you.
1: Uh,
2: got him. You, you you do some whole time bullshit with the Fates. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, that's, it's actually, they're, they're very fun. So, you know, that then leads us to the North saga, which we're all familiar with, right? Um, you know, it opens up, we, uh, we realize that, you know, Kratos has mellowed a bit. He has, uh, you know, but still is cold and distant and, and conflicted inside, um, which actually is a departure from, from before. I don't think he was ever conflicted beforehand. Um well
2: pretty hard to be conflicted when you the gods have made you murder
0: your wife and child and be (laughs) a
2: weapon for their destruction
0: um so he's grappling with his own past and we will grapple with the past of the of the franchise in a bit but um you know he's ended up in in Midgard um you know the Norse realm and he had, we find out that he's married a woman named Faye and they've had a son, Atreus, who at the opening of the game, he is like estranged with. So that's an interesting point that I like, I remember thinking, oh, is that a plot hole? Like what's going on here? Cause it's like, he met Faye, they had a kid, but then it's like, he was, he was never part of Atreus's life until she like got sick and passed away. Like, it's like, where was he? while? Well, cause like, they don't really know each other very much at the, at the beginning of 2018.
2: Do you remember well, I mean, if that gets talked about? Uh Traditionally speaking, weren't isn't that how Spartans treated their children? Essentially, they would not raise them. They would send them to. The oh, they army. went.
0: Yeah, they went into yeah, be trained and shit. Like, uh, yeah. But as because he gets I think
2: in- he, I think he's discussed it before, where a lot of his original, like how he was raising Atreus, was raising him like a Spartan.
0: Yeah, that's See, I that's was definitely brought up. I was see. I was led to believe that it was basically that he, if we if we take the in, that it's not a retcon from the flashbacks of Ragnarok. He's basically is that he would say he didn't want Atreus raised as a Spartan was. He didn't want him raised the way that he was. That and that is a, a reason why he removed himself is that he would be afraid that he, you know he would impart too much of the you know generational trauma of 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 you know growing up a spartan onto onto him that's how i read it
2: i read it more that he just didn't want to imbue his own like rage and past right the... right
0: exactly no exactly and that's, that not, what I'm that's not
2: necessarily bred from the spartan way that was bred from. they said
0: something they did he does say something about that in He's yeah I like didn't i never wanted you to to grow up like i did he says something like because like Atreus is like, Oh, you didn't think yeah, I could handle right. it? And he said and he said something like, I didn't want you to. Yeah, yeah. I would have never wanted you to. Um, he says something explicitly like that. And, and so I don't know if that was a re- if that was a retcon. Um, but yeah, so it's like they're they're estranged at the beginning of 2018. We find out, you know, that you know, um his wife, Atreus' mother, Faye, has has died, and the game begins with them uh, you know, doing you know, burning her body <laughs> the on, the on, on, yeah, on the pyre um that sets all the things in motion that we find out later on that Faye, as a as one of the Jotnar, had seen in the future and you know knew that you know they this the journey that they would be undertaking together um the but you know in cutting down the tree and stuff they break the protective barrier and who shows up but the aesir god balder who has been sent to find the last don't the last you mean giant. the stranger <laughs> Which I didn't like. Put this all together until like actually seeing it. Stuff. It's really interesting about uh, you know, they they they, they did a really good job in Ragnarok and like in really kind of fleshing out this whole story. It's, um, Balder is looking for Fey. Yes. Um, and he does, but he doesn't know that because it's like he's heard story of a of the last giant fighting Thor carrying the, the great axe so it's like he, when he shows up if you like go back and look at the footage he's like he thinks kratos is the giant he's like smaller yeah. than i expected um but it's basically like, you know why i'm here i'm here for you um the last giant um like to prevent ragnarok um i, I need to kill you That's, um the the faith thor part is a fun part of uh the mm-hmm. exactly it's like yeah learning that story is like that of their of their fight in vanaheim um and and uh so yeah that's it all ties ties in together so he you fight them you you travel the nine realms because like her dying wish was like scatter my ashes at the at the tallest peak a very simple story point that then blossoms into this larger this larger thing i was always a criticism of mine from 2018 is like yeah this is a strong narrative game but the premise seemed weak to me but like it is interesting I mean, I in think its simplicity
2: strong just based on what it means to the characters more than anything right. else
0: right 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 no, I think I agree yeah uh so yeah he's he's you know sent to balder had been sent by odin to prevent ragnarok by by taking out the last giant um uh you know they meet they meet frey freya uh that is um you know don't know at first that she's you know that she's a goddess. The witch. That she's, she's one of the Vanir. The so in, in these games they combine the two Norse goddesses of Freya and Frigg together. Freya is not normally the 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 wife of of Odin. Mm-hmm. Frigg is. Um, they, they
2: freely interchange those names.
0: Yeah, it's almost like it's saying it. Well, it's, that it's like that's like a pet name. Yeah. Is what is how they get to it, but yeah, so. <laughs> You you realize that you know that she is Baldur's mother. She had protected him, casting the spell on him to make him invulnerable to pain and harm, and all this with one exception being mistletoe. Since um, you know the dwarves had given, uh, had had given uh, Atreus had given boy <laughs> uh, the the mistletoe arrows that eventually is what allows him to be vulnerable and when he's when balder tries to kill freya at the end uh Kratos steps in and is claiming to break the cycle of violence you know it's interesting and it's something that i get i want to get into it's like the you know that the argument that they get into is like yeah it's time to break the cycle of violence it's time to be better but it's time to it's the only way to do it is through more killing well, um
2: so the the cycle of violence in particular pertains from his perspective to children killing their parents yeah because he killed Zeus, which is his father. Yeah. That's like yeah. He doesn't, Cor- want, he doesn't want Atreus to follow suit and, you know, kill him. He doesn't want Baldur yeah. to kill his mother. He wants that to he wants children to stop killing their parents.
0: So C- Corey Cory Barlog, um, ba- the Balrog of Morgoth himself, <laughs> um, uh, you know, has said like that, you know, the original Greek saga was, you know, a story of, you know, it's a father and son, but and you know, so is so is the Norse saga, but you know the the son has become the father type of thing. Um, you know, following his own his his own psychology, right? You know, basically, yeah, got got to dig deep into into the man's uh, psyche there about, <laughs> about about like yeah, writing a game about killing his dad. Um, uh, but then to realize, oh yeah, no, I'm a dad myself now. Please don't kill me, child. Do. Uh, don't repeat my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but so killing. Killing Balder brings on Fimblewinter, the three-year winter that will precede Ragnarok. They complete their journey. We find out that Fae is the giant who had foreseen the future and that Atreus is actually the, the jotnar named Loki. Dun-dun-dun. We get our time jump and here we are into Ragnarok. Um, this is where we will drop another spoiler warning. Yes, yes Folks. Maybe, maybe you can, I mean, there, there may be some final bits at the very end when we're kind of reckoning with the series as a whole, but uh for the most part, I think we will have a part where you can jump back into. So Matt, if you are able to put a timestamp in post in post production to give you the warning. So here you are spoilers for uh God of war Ragnarok. Here's your, your last, your last warning. dun. dun, dun. <laughs>
2: what's going on guys it's your editor matt here coming to tell you that there are spoilers for god of war ragnarok ahead if you want to avoid those you should fast forward about 22 minutes to about an hour and 17 minutes into the podcast and you will avoid pretty much everything thanks and
0: uh here we go okay so we have warned everybody about spoilers what had I just want to open it up to you guys. Um, what are your what were your thoughts about Ragnarok? And you can talk about anything, gameplay, story, any of that. What's what do you got? Say, so Matt just platinumed the game last night. Yeah, time.
1: yeah. I I mean, I'll go first. I'll let Matt share his thoughts. Uh, but I I really thought that the story of Ragnarok uh, really brought the North saga to a really nice cohesive kind of circle completing it in a way i really appreciated thought the gameplay was you know obviously fantastic Conti- picked up right where the god of war from 2018 was and you know has some improvements personally love the drop near spear uh okay yeah, i grew, to, right I grew to like it yeah, yeah yeah when you fully upgrade that thing that thing is sick yeah it's awesome um so i i really thought this was a, a great a great continuation of the story they started uh, really didn't miss. I had minor complaints here and there. I think Ben, you you do make a good point earlier with the fact that uh, maybe a little bit of fleshing out on Odin's motives and making him feel a little bit more like a big, bad, as opposed to, cause I mean, a lot of, a lot of the motivating factors behind taking Odin out and, and why he's such a, a big, bad is referential and in a lot of things we don't actually see in either well, of these games. The, um, the game
2: even t- covers that a bit. Um, in the moment when
1: uh Loki is
2: running around in Helheim with Throod and she brings up the fact that like all the stuff that he says that Odin has done is you know spoken to him by his traitorous ex wife and his f- uh former advisor.
0: advisor, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like that all the stuff that Atreus is getting and that he's trying to prove to her that why her family is so bad is all secondhand shit,
2: you know. And I think it's something that it. I think it, it's. A, I think it's interesting characterization about Odin. Um, that the way they're showing it to him to us right now is he's this uh doting old man, you know, who's just you know on his quest for knowledge and
0: all he wants is peace. You know, he doesn't he want, want war. So like he's he's just like us. He wants to know what's next. Yeah. It is a a very, for a god, it is a very human desire. Yes. Right? But the thing we find
2: at the end is that he is just as bad as all of those stories have told us. He is willing to do all of those horrible things that he's done. And it's shown to us at the end with how he handles, you know, the final uh, beat of the game. Like what, uh, how it leads up to that.
0: He we is, don't. We, we don't need to tiptoe around it. We've done the, yeah. done our spoiler warning. No. no, he's he's you know the big twist of the game. He has been tier all along. He's infiltrated them. He's learning all their secrets. He's being wily like Odin was. And eventually, you know, Brock being kind but, of a when more down, to, down to earth, he, down to earth. You know, when he picks up on it. And he kills him, and and you know that then is what really is the, becomes the motivation. And he he uses the, be, uh, the
2: threat of his death as a means of escape. You know the yeah. like you need to uh, frig, you need to go like take care of him. Like if you don't take care of him, he'll die. And... Yeah.
0: yeah, it's so that like that's where you get that. But and then and then it comes fully into view when he like kills Thor. He kills that Thor, he's yeah. like that like you know you and Thor have like struggled. Through this, you know, come to an understanding. Uh, you th- you think you know that he's going to walk fathers. away. That, that you say that he has come to terms with his own trauma and his own dealing with his father, and is is going to finally, you know, stand up for himself and and you know not just cower in his his father's shadow. Uh, Thor or uh, Odin kills him for it.
2: And I think uh, Thor's fear of Odin is also another of the subtle characterizations that shows like. Odin, Odin's clearly capable of fucking shit up, because yeah. you know he knows every Thor kind of not, magic. Uh, adverse to throwing his weight around.
0: Yeah, the, the best one of the best Thor bits is when you when when Atreus first gets to gets to asgard and you know you got Heimdall. you know like as matt you say you know the most punchable face <laughs> and you know he can read everything and, and is and he's like you know picking on, on on atreus and thor steps in not about of any you know protectiveness of of atreus but just to basically be like you know he's he's doing what his dad wants dad wants yeah. atreus unharmed and all and all this and it's basically just like uh what are you going to do to stop me? And he just like ca- t- towers over Heimdall. Is like, look into my eyes. You tell me. And it's just he looks at it. It's like you're a sick man. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to sodomize him with the hammer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I
1: do. I really enjoy um, the Thor character in both both of these. Brian Hurst does a good job. Yeah, did, did a real good job. He's great, and the the models
2: Andrew- great. When you beat the game, did you um did you go to Alfheim after the fact?
1: Um, I'm in Alfheim. I didn't complete the the next the uh, what's her name? Um, the head of the Valkyrie stuff
0: yet. Well she's not there. Um, no, but no you need to you need to just explore a little bit of a little bit of Alfheim. Okay. Go go to the that. shop
2: in between the barons and uh, where you would the 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 first mystic
0: game. It's basically the very middle of, of Alfheim. It's smack dab the shop right in the middle. Got it. Um yeah, we won't spoil that for Andrew. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I was that, I was I was tiss on the water. It's a little it's a little it's a little bit cute, but yeah, it's cute. It's cute, yeah. Um but but I, uh I yeah, really no, the so game
1: good. the game ended in a it definitely was surprising to me. I fully was expecting Kratos to die. I don't know if if either of you were, but I I did think he was going to, in some way, perish. Uh, to well, so there's resolve.
0: there was something a developer said somewhere, and I forget where it is now. Oh man, I wish I thought I had it. I had this noted somewhere that there's at one point in the final battle, I think it's it's to a point that I want to bring up at the end um that again brings the main theme that 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 matt has already correctly identified um but uh it's like when he makes this one choice it's like that's where his destiny changes it was like he was going to die um but then things change but then it's like you you get the this is a clever little bit that um the uh it's like the prophecy still plays out. It's just slightly different. I forget mm. again. I, I didn't, I, I should have written this down as well. Cause I, I saw it too long ago, but it's like, if you like looked at the image of, uh you know, it's like on the, on those, uh, the Yotnar shrine boards, you know, it's, it's a uh, boy holding cradles. And it's like, something it's like, it's like, it's got a scar over one eye or something like that. And like, you know, it's cradling the father uh, with, you know, like one eye. Yeah like that and it's basically it's and he, it's, he, he was he holding think Odin. you think it's kratos and it's when oh when Odin dies when 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 uh atreus removes his soul it is the exact same thing it's the all-father and he has one eye and you know so it's like prophecy is not always as clear-cut as that so it's like the prophecy still did come true but in a and just not in the expected way um which I think is interesting and and yeah I, I don't know I felt like it was I don't know that they could have gotten the theme to land if if uh, if Kratos dies. I don't know that uh, you know because it's basically again the whole idea of you know be better. You know if like if he you know and he does choose to be better and and you know changes deciding from you know that we're seeking vengeance instead to seeking justice and and that's you know, a, then, a big theme of the berserker fights yeah but then i but then i guess it's like it's it, it would maybe hit to be more real that like you know you're not always rewarded for in most often you're not rewarded for seeking justice the the world is an unjust place um even in this fantasy it's so it maybe in a way i do think it's a it's a little too it's a little too clean it's a little too neat to have him survive like that it's it's when taking the character of kratos as a whole to see that like because Odin in the final battle says things like that, like, you know, what kind of God are you? You know, you've, you've never felt the love of people who worship you, like you're no real God. Um, You don't know that kind of power um, to then see that that is what the future holds for Kratos is that like, he will become the God of these lands that he is going to, and that's what you do in post game, right? Yes. Is you go and you make the realms safe once more and the people love you for it. Um, and so in terms of the overall character, that's satisfying, but I think it undercuts it a little bit to to have him survive. Um, granted, though, this the the the, the series mean, is too, he, he, too he, popular. They're say. not gonna kill Kratos. Like, yeah. come on. I I was never I never for once thought that he was going to die. Interesting. I <laughs> okay. never ever thought that, that was gonna happen. I'm too I you know, I'm too capitalist pilled, you know, I know how these things work um i i know well, how marketing works they're n- they're not going to make another god of war mainline game following atreus that's not going to happen yeah i was also going to bring up the fact that like historically speaking
2: killing kratos doesn't kill him yeah he like- just comes he just comes back yeah. more pissed yeah yeah so like Maybe they, maybe they just skipped that this time. Like, if we're going to make another game, it's probably just best if we just leave him alive so that we don't have to be like, oh, yes, he killed himself, but the hands of fate had different plans for him.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think that's kind of what my... Like, I I was expecting that to kind of be the beat. Obvi- obviously, from... I was
2: actually a little off got caught off guard by how uh, I found far from the end the Heimdall fight was. I was expecting that to be... More right up to the the duel with Odin. I was caught off guard by how quickly it came
1: up on me. I I thought it was kind of that that fit for my gameplay. I it was think... also
2: really satisfying to throw a whole bunch of spears at the ground and mm-hmm. to watch him watch him walk right into it, continuously yeah. stunned
1: by it. Yes, yeah, that was a fun
2: fight. It is
0: very satisfying when you finally land that first hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, what would you guys say is the best fight of the game?
2: I'll let you go first, Andrew, unless you have to think on it.
1: I, yeah, go ahead if you have one in mind. I, the Heimdall one's up there for me. I, I did enjoy that a lot. The Heimdall fight is
2: enjoyable. I'd say best means two different things to me. Right, I think the right. most challenging and rewarding fight is Na at the end. I think that's a a good final culmination of everything. Uh, I found that better for the, for than the, the one for,
0: for, for the one addition for me, why I agree with you is the her two uh, rune or no. Her, is it, yeah, her two runic attacks that you have to switch through the arrows, like when she yes. does the, the fire thing the, that you got to switch the soundstone
2: the, and the fire buildup.
0: Yeah, those are those are cool, like to you know, it, made me it makes feel you not span to... your
2: arrows so that you always have one on hand to
0: Yeah, I never span the arrows. The only thing I like would use when it was whenever it was available is the, the runic summon. It's mm. like because that was just a guaranteed stun. So or and at least inter like, at least or at the very least an interrupt.
2: And the reward for that fight is some cool uh drip for Freya. Yes. But I haven't yeah. I haven't brought up I haven't brought up yet, but uh Andrew, if I haven't said this to you directly, I've said it to Ben. I'm heavily shipping Freya and Kratos Yeah, oh, throughout this game. Absolutely. Uh, th- their partnership is like two on the nose at times. There are definite points where they're like doing a little like talking back and forth. And she's like, you know, some people just want to settle down and have a family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just grunts. Yeah he's like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> Um, oh, totally. con- Confirm you but- say
0: con- confirmed a asexual Kratos, <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, I-, I call
2: them Freitos. Freitos,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I-, I think um, I really liked the Heimdall fight, I really I enjoyed the Thor. The Thor fight at the end and and
0: kind of did how you like that the part in the be, the
2: first Thor fight when he brings you back yes
0: that was an awesome opening that was one of my I have to say the 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 first Thor fight might be one of my favorites like the 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 cinematic quality of the creating the frozen lightning was just so oh, cool yeah. yes and then the when you go to the crater seeing another bolt of
2: frozen lightning and I'm un, yeah. unraveling that you know the axe has done this before and it was Faye and
0: yeah, it's it that it was cool. But yeah, not nah as good is is a really good fight. The most uh, challenging the, one though for me has gotta be the 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 triple berserker fight.
2: Oh, you mean the berserk on the two sisters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a shit. I actually really didn't like that fight. Um yeah, I, I found on the only thing that said it okay was that the sisters shared a health pool. Yeah. And that made that like balanced it a little bit but uh the berserker in that fight in particular is very aggressive so if you focus on the sisters you usually have him breathing down your neck the entire
0: time yeah just jumping right on top
2: of you yeah it's tough um so what uh
0: but what I, do you think I forgot about the- to
2: mention the oh, uh the giant uh when you're in Jotunheim. Uh, in in yeah. the Agrabota section,
0: agraboda's grandma. Yeah, that's a really yes. that's, that was that, that was a that really was a super
2: fun fight, unique fight. Yeah, really cool puzzle.
0: Yeah, I like that one. That was a good. You're right. That one. It that was one it was, was a good ending
2: to position. a section that had just started to stretch a little too long. And, yeah, it was I too long. That one was yeah. too long.
0: That's I will I will be I will be a little bit more critical, of especially that because, because I can't,
2: When you come back, the only thing you do there is talk to Agriboita, look at a couple things, and then grab a flower. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When when you, uh, and you know, comes back in the, at the end game. Yeah. You talk to Angerbota, get a flower and you can pet Fenrir and that's it.
2: Yeah. And I absolutely. Oh, of course. Give him scritches. Ooh, I will say Garm another cool fight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Garm they, they, fight. It was, it was a really cool way they handled a boss that is really large by keeping him far back, but using the chain, yeah. You had something to keep in your frame. It was something different that uh the I think it's Needhog. Uh, Neat hog, yeah. Yeah. Uh that fight a little bit of trouble because it was so quick sometimes that the camera wasn't necessarily like there was a lot of stuff out of frame. The in the arena paw, paw is the arena particular. the arena is
0: narrow. Yes. Yeah. That arena arena is narrow where the Garm one is is pretty is I think better. Yes. Um,
2: but overall, this Ragnarok in particular has a lot of good boss fights compared to 18. There's more of them. Yes. Yeah. The mini bosses yes, are all really satisfying. Yes, they do copy really and paste satisfying. some of
0: them, but uh, like the Dreki's and the dragons and the drakes. See, I really like the the the, the Dreki and all the different dragons. Those were fun.
2: The, the dragons were super fun. I really enjoyed the dragon fights. Uh, my favorite, cool new edition were the phantoms. I was about to say the phantoms. I really enjoyed. Especially once you get the spear, because that they're so much easier with the spear than any other weapon, because you can just embed them, wait for them to flash, and then uh, do drop. What's it called? Drop nears
0: command. Yeah, something like it, yeah, uh, yeah. That, so th- those are all good. I, I found the Odin fight to be a little underwhelming. Agreed. Yep, but that often is the case with the final boss. I mean, hit some cool animations. It prevent, was it was but... cinematic enough. There was
2: uh, it was definitely not hard.
0: But yeah. you never you never want a final boss to really have a huge skill barrier, right? Cuz then people aren't going to yeah. finish the game. You know that sucks. That's, you, Let, you that's why
2: games have moved to the the hard bosses are optional, millennia Uh yeah.
0: No, I, I do like that no, trend. I do both. I do like that 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 trend for sure. Um okay, so here's the the big thing though. What do you, what did you guys make of the ending with Atreus going off on his own? I
2: I, I thought that was deserved i think he had enough character growth throughout that uh, he couldn't be a sidekick anymore you know he needed to be his own person do do it by the way of the giants
1: yeah i thought i i liked it i, I felt like it was a pretty solid end to his kind of two game character arc like he's now him and his father have he's a big boy yeah i've gotten their relationship to a, a good standing a health a healthy place yeah you know. he's he's earned his respect it's it's now well, his you, time. you and your child don't normally have arguments that result
2: in him turning into a bear and,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and almost killing you yeah
1: oh i did i did love that you got to do at least a little as the bear at least one bear fight yeah yeah, I i enjoyed that one um But yeah, I I really liked kind of how they wrapped up Atreus' story. And I I do think, Matt, that it totally set it up for Sindri to be the potential next big bad. I I thought that was pretty... Sindri is probably the character I felt the most bad for. Oh, absolutely. 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 A a man who
2: like absolutely lays it down on the line that he's been just like used and abused by them the entire way. Like used for his abilities and, you know like oh just use my house bring in strangers yeah oh the stranger you brought in happens to be
0: the all father who kills my brother yeah, yeah. takes the fire the last thing the only thing that he like really holds any control over uh you know well, I also
2: don't think we can talk about Ragnarok without bringing up the forge
0: the forge right. scene, mm-hmm. right that's a really good one yes that's, that's a that's a really great is that thing. that's I'm, one of I, those
2: matured scenes uh where like the franchise has grown so much from where it was like the original games would never have a scene like that of kratos and brock uh consoling brock in a way you know
0: yeah even even the 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 blessing itself that brock gives to the spear is, so is very sincere that- but it's something that the the first game never would have done. the whole, the line that all oh, that stuck with me, you know is like you know, like the may this weapon strike true, but may it be put down when its job is done. you know, yes. like that's that's something that would never have occurred to the original yeah. games. It's like, you know, but does serve to me as a bit of a disconnect for for the larger series. And so I guess let's now move to our non real kind of spoiler territory. This will be our mark for uh, for those those of you coming back into into the episode from skipping forward on our spoiler discussion. Um, I have this 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 kind of qualm with the with the series as a whole with with that its message of, you know, being better and like it's the Kratos desire to move away from his violent past and his, his over-reliance upon violence and vengeance and all that. How does that land? And what are these games really saying about violence? If Kratos, you know, if Kratos is truly sick of the fighting, you know, the game is still all fighting, you know, and can this message, can it succeed in an action game format? You know, can does
2: bring up the, I believe it's boy atreus who asks him is is it moral to kill people who are trying to kill you
0: or well, something he just, along says, those he just says yes yeah, yeah. he only yes. he, he does to say is yes um and that's con- i believe yeah, that's kratos, the- kratos is a is a confirmed floridian uh you know <laughs> it does a stand your ground
1: i
2: the only you know, the only enemy in the game i ever felt bad for killing were the stupid little lizards Yes, that like would die in one arrow it's like what are you doing here
1: like (laughs) I go to your home so I have like I have two things on that Ben and I think I do think it's a fair critique but I think it it's a larger critique of anything kind of of this nature whether like it's an anti-war film that is based in a war like you still there is that disagreement between it but I thought the Kratos realizing they were uh, really killing um the it was the midgardians who who they're protecting yeah and holding up the fight yeah like i thought trying that, to spare heimdall yeah between sparing trying to spare heimdall uh and then the decision to to protect the
0: midgardians You have no idea how so- mad
2: i was when he started that
0: <laughs> so it it, it comes it comes the it is most successful in those kind of cutscene things where i think it really has some dissonance is like in the 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 I think it was I think it was somebody on the one of the escapist podcasts it was probably Yahtzee um shouts out to them um who's who has said like there's a his major complaint about these games is like you know they talk about it both in cutscenes and then even in the endless banter type things like that. You know, we're trying to avoid violence and all this and that's the major message. And then you know like you go and you're brutally killing all these things and then you go back to talking as if nothing happened you know there's there's a bit of dissonance there that i don't love um that i wish that it was more reflective in those in those times but i just don't think that works in this format right i don't think yeah that, that's that's I don't, I don't i don't think you could get away from that problem with this format because like what are you just going to not have combat you know, <laughs> yeah that play the game? <laughs>
1: that's that's yeah that's i think kind of just part of part of what this game is unfortunately for from that aspect but yeah i don't know i don't know how 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 could you do that i i do think maybe some more but they do do some reflection but yeah it's not it's not enough they do just kind of move on after you know slaughtering another 10 10 15 elves or whatever well i
2: mean to be fair draugr aren't people <laughs>
0: they're like animated corpses but yeah the elves are a perfect example and like he's like the they, most, they do he,
2: they do kind of touch on the like the well, he always just talk he, he, to... he
0: doesn't want to be involved in this like but they're making yeah. him involved and in all this and yeah i don't know it's just it doesn't hit all the way but we're if, where if it you does...
2: return to uh Elfheim i did yeah i did and yeah. you go
0: to the the temple of light with
2: the uh, freya Yep. Th- there's a fun interaction where you walk by it and like he says something about it and he's like, don't touch it. And she's like, I'm not an idiot. Why would I touch the the light of alpha He's yeah. just like, mm. I've done, it. I, I've done I've
0: done it twice now. Um uh but so where where it is successful, obviously, is in the in comparison to the earlier saga to the earlier franchise because like since the first game the series has you know long been accused of presenting a single-minded celebration of violence misogyny and sometimes the most incorrectly quoted toxic masculinity i think um
2: just because there are quick time events where you jump into bed with a harem (laughs) (laughs) or
0: the orgy orgy quick time event for for health orbs it grants you health orbs, amazing that's one of the ones that gets brought up a lot, but uh, this one is a little bit, uh, uh, you know, the original creator David Jaffe. Like, it's I think a good thing that he's not involved in this anymore. Although he does, he does, you know, in his in his defense, he is not responsible for the majority of the actual worst elements of the game of the, those early games. The the specific examples that we'll I'll cite in a minute. But he did say, you know, his early comments about you know making the first game. He's like quoted was, as saying. That he saw the game combating the trends. That at least in America, things have become so politically correct that I was really jazzed about doing. Uh, that was more a throwback to that more animalistic kind of brutal Conan the Barbarian kind of vibe. And this was in two thousand four. Hilarious that he, that he said Hilarious. that.
1: Hilarious. It was just ahead
2: of yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah things were so, po- yeah,
0: so politic. Yeah, cancel culture was definitely a thing under the Bush administration.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. We canceled a lot of uh, Afghanistan citizens. <laughs> oh yeah, we canceled them for sure. Yeah,
1: the Iraqi population canceled. 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 I I you know uh, I will I totally agree that I think that those are fair critiques of the original games, but I will say in having not played them, but just the general story be it doesn't reward Kratos really like it does still show him miserable
0: and he's unhappy yeah but like that's that's i mean but here's the 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 point that i kind of was where i said that i would i would make later when i was talking about my experience with the first game he is an incredibly unlikable character in Hmm. the beginning he's not even like really they say like oh he's an anti-hero i disagree with that assessment um he's just an asshole you know he is like not doing
2: is it in the first game where he just rips Icarus's wings off for just being in his way?
0: No, that's Is another. That's I game. think that's a later game. Um, I think
2: that's the second game. Yeah,
0: but it's like he, you know, he does all sorts of stupid. Like, like in the first boss fight, like when you kill the Hydra, you climb inside its mouth to get the key and like it's like the cap you get the, the captain's key and he's like oh thank you for coming to, to save me and it's just like i didn't come for you takes the key and kicks him like kicks him in the face yeah. and sends him hurtling down into its gullet <laughs> it's just like what, what what good did that do you know like you know like what purpose did that serve you know it's just like he's an incredibly unlikable figure um and and i mean the story in like his presence in the story is incredibly thin you know he's got very few actual voice lines like you know the actual characterization Zoom. is yeah is, is not is not strong in in those first games um but then so yeah the actual things that get talked about a lot are you know the orgy quick time event in god of war 3 kratos you know saves a half-naked princess in poseidon's chamber and then proceeds to kill her in order to hold up a crank that opens a door you know like, like yes. to use her dead body oh, as Jesus a puzzle Christ. for a puzzle yes um the trophy this is the one that always gets talked about in ascension there is a trophy titled bros before hoes that you get for curb stomping a female enemy oh god (laughs) um and so like david jaffe when like brought up because so this was all mentioned in a 2020 inverse piece that like that that jaffe did not take too too kindly for but he like when people brought that shit up he's like yeah i i didn't work on those games (laughs) it's like i wasn't there for that um uh it's into into the the balrogs uh defense as well he did not work on those games either he worked on like god of war 3 i think for the first like eight months yeah um but yeah he did not he did not uh see that game through um he he directed the first he worked on the first one he was like a lead animator on the first one and then directed excuse me directed the second one obviously directed god of war 2018 and was a creative head on ragnarok um
2: See the, the big mistake they made was they didn't do what Dante's Inferno did with the formula, where they made the character really likable, and then they made everything the character's done extremely unlikable, <laughs> and then the uh, everything's just uh, titties out. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there are plenty and, uh, of, there, there, there. There are plenty of titties out in, in the original one. Satan hangs dong. Awesome. Amazing. Full dong Satan. Incredible. We love it. We love we love it when Satan hangs dong. Demon they, they do
2: it as a purposeful moment when Dante's, because uh, he's chasing Beatrice. It's literally following Dante's Inferno, yeah, uh, very vaguely. But he's chasing Beatrice down through the depths of hell, and Satan comes out with his massive hanging dong. He's like, "Oh, look, my new bride."
0: Uh- Okay. So, you know, all all this, you know, the, the change, changes then that were made in 2018 led to many a, uh, in my opinion, pretty tired kind of think piece being written about, you know, the, you know, Kratos has matured and you know, he's struggling with single fatherhood. He's been, you know, tempered by the passing of years. But, you know, where it does become interesting is, you know, he's still struggling to come to terms with his own humanity which is fully exemplified by the stilted relationship with Atreus at the beginning. And like the real course of the, of, of these, at least I guess you could say probably more in 2018 and in some ways Ragnarok, but it's really, the story is about Kratos teaching Atreus how to be a God and Atreus teaching Kratos how to be human. How to be human. Yeah. And then you get the fun
2: uh, in Ragnarok interactions between like thor and loki yeah where it's like oh yeah what would i know about being like a half god half giant
0: <laughs> with an overbearing father yeah and, like, you know, no- all nothing at all nothing yeah nothing unique there um so you you again correctly identified this previously matt that the the main theme of the ragnarok things is coming to terms with the the series past it is it is explicitly making a statement about where the series was and where it is now. The whole mantra of "we must be better" and I, yeah, so I think it's rightly so that this is a meta commentary by the creators uh, on on the series. Um, there are two points in Ragnarok that I want to that I want to bring up that really exemplified this. And and Andrew, you did kind of mention one of them, but I've got a quote here about it. But so the first one is the where it's like after you fight garm and it slows down it comes to a stop really but it's like one of those really kind of slow moments that is actually really earned and really affecting it's they're about to travel through the portal and kratos you know goes and sits sits down they're in niflheim and you know kratos is talking about struggling helheim. with with oh you're right you're in, yeah they're in helheim um i get i get confused cuz they're both like kind of blue and Ooh, cold frosty yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're in Helheim. Kratos is talking about, you know, struggling with falling back into his old ways. He's angry, distrustful. Um, and they have this heart to heart that is really nice. Um, and Kratos apologizes, uh, which, you know, is a definitely, you know, not something that the, that the earlier, you know, toxic masculinity of, of Kratos could ever do before. Um, and Atre- Atreus brings back the, you know, don't be sorry, be better. He brings back the, the message yeah. that Kratos has been giving him the whole time. Then you get this the bit at the very end in the final like you know the lead up to the final battle in the Ragnarok section that, that you talked about, Andrew, about the witnessing the the death of these Myth Guardians who had been tricked by uh by Odin to, to, to put themselves in fire. risk and to yeah, to put themselves in the way of 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 uh say of the invaders. Um and so this is then becomes the main theme of Ragnarok, where it then itself is the culmination of and there's the dissonance then that was internal and purposeful in, in, in 2018 where Kratos is saying, we must be better, but you must, you know, you must close yourself off to these things where he, you know, is set, he admits that he was wrong to tell Atreus to close his heart to the pain and struggles of others. He says, you know, you feel their pain because that is who you are and you must never sacrifice that, not for anyone i was wrong open your heart open your heart to their suffering today we will be better
1: yeah that that for me was like the scene like i i thought that was it i i haven't had a better scene get me more amp to stomp an all father
0: because <laughs> again like I, I mentioned this too it's like he then goes to say like because it had come from just at the beginning of that chapter to now, it's like they're saying, like, no, we're we're out for vengeance. That's the same old Kratos. Yeah, you know that yeah. is the same old Kratos. Is is he's motivated by anger by <laughs> vengeance, right? Um, by hatred. He lectures
2: Mamir on in the Berserker fights. Right. The more Berserkers you defeat, the more Mamir is you know taking gratitude out of it. He's like, you know, is this is this really for justice or is this for vengeance? And then when you defeat King Hrolf, the final uh, back and forth, where he talks about how he's going to use the sword for, you know, doing better with it. And,
0: to do good things. You know, write it, write and, a new history for it. And, you know, Mimir brings up, he's like, you know, you've changed.
2: He's like, I've had a good advisor. That was another one of those.
0: Those moments you know, that were good, yeah. Um and is again, it's the changing that, you know, we're no longer doing this for vengeance, but for justice is an important thing. And, but then, and they say like, oh, but like, you know, you go and do it alone. That's the suicide mission is basically just like, that's sometimes what, you know, say justice requires is a willingness yeah. to, is a willingness to die yeah. is a, is it's a, is a, a, a big is thing a pr- from Frere, yeah.
2: which was yes. making uh, a good character moment for him because I found Frere very unlikable up until that point.
0: Yeah, he's a little he's a little too a little too quippy, a little too uh a little annoying. I mean when he's when he's drugged and fucked up, that scene was pretty funny. But like yeah, he's like that one just kept going.
2: I kept waiting for it to stop so I could walk over to the table and he just kept rambling. Um
0: all right, so I'm getting a notification here that my internet is being weird. So let's let's try to wrap this up quickly. Um This is the last thing I I had about this is the getting our opinions and basically kind of laughing at the controversies that surrounded Ragnarok up until its release. So we had the the racist backlash against the casting of a young black actress to play Loki's love interest, Anger Boda. Uh, You know, people complaining about the lack of mythic authenticity, you know, really showing their asses.
2: She's a really fun fun character and doesn't like detract Perform- from the story yeah,
0: performance is is great you know the actress does a really good job but so then we get these things here you know brock talks like a foul-mouthed texas pros- prospector Mamir is scottish and is tied directly to english folklore you know he's there are theories that he's basically supposed to be uh puck from a midsummer night's dream um and in ragnarok he straight up references macbeth yep um yeah loki is a quarter greek demigod you don't see people complaining about that <laughs> and then yeah there's all we joked about it but all fat the deviate yeah all the deviations from greek myth no that also the stupid backlash to fat thor it's like yeah people are like oh like you know anger boda is not mythically accurate uh thor is mythically accurate and i don't like it you know like <laughs> no people like people who like complain about that like are absolutely stupid the one thing it's like that Maybe it's maybe the, the material, the marketing material didn't do it as justice. It's like you're thinking, like, oh, he just looks like a regular fat guy type of thing. But he's huge. He's enormous. He's, <laughs> he towers over everybody. He's enormous. The sheer scale of giant. him. Yeah, is, is 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 enormous. So people are like, oh, like looks like like he doesn't have pectorals. He's got man boobs or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah,
2: yeah, Fuck
0: <laughs> you uh, Especially
2: it, because a lot of your strongman competition, uh, yeah, yeah, competitors definitely don't have girth and man boobs. They on. literally yeah, they they look they, like Thor. They, <laughs> yeah, they don't have the they don't have the power gut. You
1: yeah, know, like go, go look up the guy who played the mountain. What does he look like? The fucking Thor character model. <laughs> also,
2: yeah, it, the the whole uh, drunk Thor rambling bar fight that you do in the tavern.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's oh, that's fantastic. A yeah,
2: I like that one too.
0: Um. Yeah, and then and then so yeah, you have just then in general like that you you'd get to responses about all of this stuff. The change this is just goes to the Norse saga, not specifically about Ragnarok, but you know you get the the classic right wing dullards, you know, who make the, the usual argument that writers have ruined the franchise by making the game political, uh, by doing all these changes, making all these 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 uh you know these statements, having this meta commentary of being better type of thing. The the narrative director, you know you're on the wrong side of anything when the term be better
2: yeah. makes you mad.
1: Yeah, when, when the idea of like caring for others and self-improvement is uh, not a good one, apparently. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, Ragnarok's narrative director, Matt Selfis, like just you know, puts it exactly correctly himself. It's like he's say, responding to the plain oh, you made it political. He says, as a writer, your job is to sell stories that are compelling and relatable. You bring pieces of yourself to stories and your opinions shine through. So writing is always political. It's just usually only called that if the politics aren't agreed with. 100%.
2: No, the the real politics in this is that people with goatees are assholes, and people with full <laughs> beards are wise sage fathers.
1: Yes, as I as I you know stroke my full beard here. Yeah, Kratos. Kratos is actually a commentary on our Vietnam veterans who were used <laughs> to uh, propagate the state. People don't know have their that, backs the turned. Original,
2: on the original Greek saga. His name isn't actually Kratos; it's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So that was, that was our, our first deep dive into a game series. I had a good time. Um, I went look forward long. to a little bit, but, uh, I look forward to, to, uh, doing more of these, um, uh, any final Not all thoughts of them will we... be this fun. yeah, but any, <laughs> uh, next, next month, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting on my hater hat, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be become the number one player hater of all time, um, but that should in itself be kind of fun. Um, so, any final thoughts before we before we sign off? I, I got most of my
1: thoughts out there. I mean i i I have a real appreciation for these games. I think they uh, do a really great job, especially well the new ones in particular. Obviously, do a great job with the emotional narrative and. Uh, making you not only care but like I do to your point Ben like these things are very easily relatable and you can understand the characters motivations and kind of feel them and um, I don't think that's always present in some of our best video game titles uh, so I, I just have a lot of love for this series uh, thought it was great all around really appreciate how they wrapped it all up
2: think you covered it pretty well
1: uh from my end at
2: least um basically just think of it from the perspective of like uh it takes a lot to invest me into side content that is purely for fluff and narrative, Mm -hmm. but to go to go and do the viking funeral at the end and just kind of sit there and like kind of soak in you know what what is really the end of the game more than anything else is they do another credit roll there. Yeah, they do a <laughs> real
0: credit roll, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um my my one thing is that like uh despite the narrative dissonance that we I brought up about, you know, the focus on combat is how it maybe conflicts with the overall message of the game, the combat is fucking god tier. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. not to not to put too much of a you know of a of a cap on it, but like it is I mean it sh- it shows and it shines through that you know the game director for for Ragnarok was the old combat lead um really well done well thought out it it took the base that they did in 2018 expanded on it in great ways there was so much there I mean I I, I really found myself like, Really starting to fully understand and really, uh, you know, being able to get kind of playful with the different combat stuff and to make my own challenges out of things to use, you know, the right elemental affinity to keep combos going, use runic attacks to do some cool shit. But there was still, a, it's almost at the end, I felt like I didn't scratch. I barely scratched the surface, but there's a lot like there, said, but it didn't feel overwhelming. Yeah, So that's uh, impressive. That's sec- so cheers to them.
2: The second I started min-maxing in that game, uh, like the, the amount of possibilities of combat style is just insane. Yeah.
0: So yeah, really well done, great effort. Um, I want definitely you know top two games of last year. So, uh, we will if there's another entry into the franchise, maybe we'll revisit it. But uh, this was a good first first go at. I I can't imagine we're going to see another entry in the franchise for at least a couple years. Yeah, for for a while. Um, But till then, uh, you can follow us at Twitch at twitch.tv slash campaign comrades. Follow us on Twitter at Camp Compod. And uh, stay tuned. Next week, we will be doing our review of the news from the month of January. Uh, And uh, stay tuned for more exciting things coming after that Uh, we love you very much thank you for listening Uh, good night and good gaming wherever you are Bye bye bye